I hope you enjoyed the first part of the show. Now for the second half with Dr. Bryant Speaks. One of the things I want to touch on is because we have uh, listeners all over the place and I want to go back and kind of clarify a little bit about the part, you mentioned DGS. So yeah. just so everybody knows, Department of General Services, DGS, is a state organization in the state of California. They oversee the procurement division that's responsible of providing the contracting policies and procedures behind the state. So when you have a particular state that requires a service, that basically you have to, and it is required that you have to put it out as a procurement contract opportunity. And there's variations of contracting. There's IFPs, which is information for proposals. And that's usually when a state agency doesn't necessarily know how they're gonna go about doing that service. And sometimes they may do an RFP, which is request for proposal, which means we know what we wanna do, but we want you to tell us how you're gonna do it. And these processes are required and mandated, which means that the state is actually expected to give a fair opportunity to any such company out there. And sometimes that company could be a representation of a person. If any such person or company that to bid on that job that he or she is qualified for. And now the reason why I say qualified, because you heard Michael mention small business. Now to get that certification in the small business means you can't make an X amount of money. So what I mean by that is you have say for instance, Cisco. Everybody knows Cisco being really good in the telemarketing type arena for technology. But Cisco is a multi-billion dollar company. They can't be certified as a small business because they've already made X amount of money over the years. And they have criteria that says every three years you have to recertify for small business. Then that's still we know that you're not making so much money that you no longer need assistance. And so they want to keep it in an arena where people who are still trying to build their company can stay among their own to compete. And the goal is that you will eventually come out of being a small business. Now, in addition to that, there's also the matter of your skill set. So if you are somebody who is working in a field of, say, again, let's talk telecommunications, well, you're not going to be that person that's going to go against somebody who's working on fleet management and mechanics. You simply can't do that. Two different areas. So what they want to do is when you submit your application, you're saying, I want to be able to do this. This is my area of emphasis. They're asking you on your application process show us how long you've been doing this and show us your credentials behind it and then upon your approval you're now certified in that particular area and therefore now you can compete for jobs that come up in that field so this process is actually executed within the department of general services and more specifically that procurement team who's responsible of ensuring that is fair play now let me talk a little bit about fair play because and i and you're probably going wow dr brian knows all about this a lot about this and he's probably done his research yes that is true however <laughs> i used to be one of those people who was doing that i've actually worked on both sides i actually worked at department of general services and i worked at the procurement team but i also was a contractor so i know it from both sides and the thing is when you're actually evaluating these opportunities that are out there you have to do this in a very unbiased 
uh, way, which means sometimes you want to do it where it's a blind procurement process, where you do a point scale. Uh, there's different ways, but it has to be fair. And sometimes that can be challenging because you'll have companies you'll see over and over going after the same bids. And we saw that a lot in technology where we see the same companies competing. And it gets challenging because you also have ratings and we expect our state departments who are hiring these companies to be fair and not just give it right the same contracts again or renewed contracts again. However, it's a little difficult to manage that. But what I meant by fair process is that once upon a time, and I'm not gonna put any dates because somebody out there may look at the date, go look at who was in charge of DGS and try to get somebody in trouble. So I'm just gonna say that we used to do this thing where there were individuals out there with pass-throughs. Now I'm gonna talk a little bit about pass-throughs. Pass-through is when you are a person who had a business, but you didn't serve in the military. So you go find Mr. Young Vet, ex-US Army, and say, hey, why don't you come work for me? Because I want to use your veteran status so that way I can get a, take advantage of DBVB opportunities. So the Disabled Veteran Business Enterprise Opportunities, as Michael has said, is a 3% procurement responsibility. That could add up to a lot of money. So we would have incidents where people would do pass-throughs. But So what that meant is, that young vet really wasn't the person that owned that company because the requirement is 51% of that company has to be owned by that veteran. And we had found years ago, people were not doing and following the rules. So I will say that I'm very proud to mention that DGS and the procurement team has tightened things up and, this, and basically has, the rules have gotten a little bit more um, I just say that they've done a great job in ensuring that the fairness is spread across. And I will applaud Michael and his team when they were working with the DVB Alliance, they were part of that changeover. In fact, that's one of the reasons why the DGS teamed up with the DVBE Alliance Network because it was important that we, they went out and recruited veteran-owned businesses. The, the whole purpose of this was to provide the assistance. And then to support our show, we're here to provide that guidance to our veterans. So if you are listening right now and you're a veteran and you're trying to understand how you can build your business, this is exactly why this show exists is so you can understand and meet people like Michael. Now, granted, Michael's in California and I know we've talked more about California, but this is all over the country. And one of the things that you should understand is that this also goes up to the federal level. You mentioned he talked about how they were trying to grow the DVB alliance to the federal level. Well, that's because GSA is sitting up there at the federal level. And GSA, General Services Administration, provides federal contracts under some of the same guidance as the DVBE. Now, I will say that there are their expectations are a little different, such as having three years of tax uh, approved history of your business. Sort of like saying, I've done this work for the last three years. I paid my taxes. Here's my proof. And now you're eligible for what they call the SDV. Right. Michael, you want to say and something? I just, I, I just I'm perfect, perfect lineup of, of what you were sharing, of course. Uh, but. You know, not only at the federal level does three years of, of the tax requirements have to be submitted, it has to be done also at DGS. Mm -hmm. um, so, so for the state level as well. And California has been leading the way for veteran-owned businesses, if you will. Um, so one of the other components that you were talking about, you, 
folks that when you start to do this, you're going to start to hear a term. It's going to sound a little bit strange, but it is absolutely paramount to what you do. And that is what is the commercial useful function that you and your organization owns and provides. The reason why that, and as you and I are both here in California and we're in fire season right now, many, many years ago, what they first started doing was similar to what uh, Dr. B was saying, was that lo and behold, someone would come up and say, hey, could you go get some water trucks? Could you go get um, different things in that space? And, and they say yes. And what they would do is, oh, by the way, this person has all those water trucks and it ended up being that pass through. So again, it's that commercially useful function. There you go. Great, no, that's, thank you so much, Michael. So I wanna add another question because you actually covered so much information. I'm hoping that we gave enough for our audience to hear. Okay. So one other question I want to give you is, where did the funding come from to support programs like the DVD Alliance? Maybe you could share a little bit because something's so important. I want to make sure that the audience understands that you working with that DVD Alliance, you know, was it something that was funded by the state? Was it federal or was it business owners? Talk a little bit about how you guys were able to support it. It was actually a mix. So, I mean, bottom line is we, we would, partner up with the McKessons, the AT&Ts, the Verizons. Um, and and at, at the time frame, of course, during the whole ramp up for uh, Iraqi, Iranian uh, conflicts, uh, we wanted to be able, I mean, a lot of larger organizations wanted to connect with veterans at the time frame. So that was a very nice piece of, of donations. Northrop Grumman, um, also, uh, a lot of us veterans, because as you probably know, if something's going to be done well for veterans, it's usually done by veterans, you know? So, so yes. we would also help fund that. Also, we would end up doing different fundraisers and different events for ourselves to be able to help grow what we had to be able to keep moving it forward. We do different conferences and through the different conferences, we'd have sponsors of those conferences that would help pay for some of what we've got, what we were doing at the same time frame. But, uh, you know, uh, our, our meetings, there would be a, a cost for the food, of course, but basically everything else was provided as much as we could for free. Understood, understood. That just kind of shows you the importance of this program, what you guys are doing, the importance of the outreach, and clearly our corporate partners out there saw the importance and it literally felt that they had to do something. Now, my last question before we end the show, yeah. um, I wanted to know, do you, can you give, I know you don't have to know the stats specifically, but I understood that there has been a massive growth in the small business veteran community. Um, back when you were working with the DVB Alliance, give us a number of approximate business owners that were vets, and maybe you may know the perspective now. What do you think the change has been based on your successes? Well, again, they wanted to be able to grow the numbers because they need so many different skill sets and competencies. And there's still a lot of holes in those different areas. Um, during my time frame, we were about 900, grew up to about 1,300 uh, DVBs for the state of California. Uh, today, uh, it kind of waffles in and out. 
we, we've had a, a lot of folks come on, feel like they're trying to do things and they're, they're moving their wheels, but nothing's really transpiring. So once again, folks, wow. I'm going to say it, this is a good place, but at the same time frame, we want to be able to have a good mix within our business. Don't just go public, go private, go nonprofit, take care of multiple different areas because the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship, it's always growing, always developing, you know? And, and so the bottom line is, yes, we want more veterans to be part of what we've got going on. And we've got some amazing stories. In fact, your next show is going to be a very great testimony of what one person as a veteran can actually step into. That's right. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. That's a great segue because we're going to be talking to a business owner who is a veteran. He's an ex-Marine, and I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. my guest. He has did literally is the definition of success. I mean, he has done a great job, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him, how he leveraged DBBE, how he leveraged the business to actually get to that level. So on that note, I want to thank Michael Grabo, the successful coach himself, a mentor, a friend. Thank you for joining my show, Dr. Brian Speaks. I want to ensure that everybody out there, you know how to reach me, drbrianspeaks.com. And if you have any other questions, please feel free to reach out. So and, now there, go ahead. And, and if you guys would like to be able to reach out and get some coaching from myself is michaelgrabo.com. Just if you don't like, I apologize. <laughs> All right, so if there are no other topics at this time, please be blessed and know that I am always speaking to you, but more importantly, someone is always listening, and that someone is not just me. Michael, thanks again. You guys are listening to the Dr. Brian Speaks.com show. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Sorry for that shameful plug at the end. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please visit Dr. Bryant's website, drbryantspeaks.com. Also, visit his social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube all titled drbryantspeaks.com.